0: Argentina is famous for a ton of things. You got Leo Messi, you got Maradona and you have a ton of history. We got to experience just a slice of that history in one word and that word is tango Look at look at look at look at look at what you're doing to me I'm Dietrich Hunter and this is Curate it's curiosity been year, four and a couple of weeks uh, And yet it's still nothing. During my time, I clearly wasn't alone. I was working remotely, um, so I was getting it in. But at the same time, I was there passing some time with my partner. So she's not only my partner in life, but definitely my Tango partner. So I'm going to do this time with my wife, Audrey. So she's going to join us in just a second here. Uh, and we'll tell you about some of the experiences we've had. It was an incredible time to be in Buenos Aires uh, and I'll let her introduce herself and tell us a little bit about what she was doing down there uh, aside from the things we got to experience together.
1: So I got to experience uh, Buenos Aires with Dietrich and also work remotely his first time but I'm a seasoned pro at this point so uh, I got to show him the ropes.
0: So Tango has some pretty interesting roots uh, that we really didn't know before we had our time in La Boca. So number one Tango was actually a dance that started between two dudes. So kind of wild, um, but it was kind of this like posturing, broing moment. Uh, the second thing that we learned is that tango also started as this kind of blend of like immigrant cultures. So it was happening inside of these conventillos, these kind of neighborhood communal housing bits that housed a lot of immigrants because La Boca is a port part of Buenos Aires. So what would happen is people would move in, moving to La Boca um, based on some of the housing that was made available to them uh, throughout different points in history. And during that time, people would bring over instruments, bring over aspects of their culture. And again, oftentimes these were men traveling solo in a way to kind of start a life for themselves and their families in Argentina. So in doing so, they ended up breathing life into this dance that again started off with some accordion some rhythm and some people posturing you know attempting to trip each other attempting to try to like best each other on the dance floor so needless to say those roots being kind of lower class being um also immigrant focused wasn't something that definitely had the eye of the people at the top of the social classes of argentina so it was kind of frowned upon Uh, the same thing happened with son in cuba um, and other forms of uh, Latin dance because of their both African and immigrant roots, right? So until Tango had its tour through parts of Europe and started to gain popularity in France, it was kind of looked at as kind of like a poo-poo kind of dance. Uh, and after that time, it was adopted more fully, and it really, really spread um, not only throughout the region, but As kind of like that iconic idea of what people think of when they think of Argentina, but it was cool to learn bits and pieces of that um, through a tour that we got to do in La Boca, um, in El Caminito, and other parts of that neighborhood, and I'll let Audrey kind of like tell us how we found the tour and uh, how we ended up there
1: so every time that we travel somewhere i really enjoy getting a free tour and it's not really free you tip at the end but you tip what you think the tour guide is owed and most all the tours we've been on have been pretty good so this one was no exception um we started off and the area we started off in La Boca was like right by a bunch of um tango dancers that were you could kind of dance with them but it was more for a photo op which was kind of cool but um yeah to get some get some coin um but yeah it was a cool experience to be right where um tango started and to actually be hearing about that and we had heard a little bit about it but it was cool to experience that in person
0: definitely Getting a taste of where Tango was born made us so much more curious about where we could actually see some Tango. So we got curious enough to start to look up some spots and I think after looking we landed on a handful of options and we landed on one that really made the top of the list Mm -hmm. because of where it was located. So it's wild to consider that Tango had these African and European roots that landed in South America To produce a dance that eventually became world famous in such an iconic way. One of the most iconic spots that we found is Cafe Tortoni. So, Cafe Tortoni is one of the oldest, actually, not one of the oldest, it is the oldest cafe within the city limits of Buenos Aires. So, it's crazy that we got in line not fully knowing the backstory or knowing that in the back and in the basement, we'd have a Killer opportunity to see some awesome tango. So we got a great chance to observe tango where it was seen at its height. A place where tango is said to be some of the best. And that throughout history, while now, again, it's being transferred to different dance companies that put on this show. right? Dinner in a show or drinks in a show, whichever version you choose. Choose your own adventure, obviously. (laughs) Um, At the end of the day, we got to see tango in a space where tango was at its height from where it started. So kind of where it started, how it went, and also some of how it's going, right? So we were really privileged to be able to kind of taste the story, the mystique kind of behind the dance, see a little bit more of that sultry flavor that we were expecting. Um, but that's how I experienced it. How did you experience it, Boo?
1: It was a really unique experience because we didn't even know that this was gonna happen. So yeah. I think like, I didn't have any expectations, I just thought this was cool, and as we were waiting before we went down to see our show, we kind of experienced like seeing the dancers doing their quick costume changes, so like that kind of like set my expectations like a little bit higher like from, from nothing really, because they just were like super quick with their costume changes and just seemed very professional about the whole situation. 100%.
0: 100%. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. We signed up for a cafe. And I mean, when we say signed up, we stood in line for like 30 minutes, right? Yeah. Uh, and then after we eventually got inside from enough tables getting cleared, what we ended up with is getting blown away, right? We got blown away in two ways. Number one, we got blown away because this is where we also tried our first alfajores. And if you haven't listened to the Eats episode, alfajores are a sweet treat Full of dulce de leche um and their cookies right so they're just insanely great um, i think that they are something that you should definitely try and cafe tortoni has uh, some of the best so we were sitting with our Sidre and alfajores just hanging out and as she said we see and hear the tango show happening in the back you can hear it from inside the cafe mm-hmm. so we're just chilling thinking that we're gonna just have you know a solid little bites on the side couple drinks and we end up signing up for the whole shebang. Um, and we did so because it was so incredible to see, again, the commitment of the dancers scooting in and out uh, of the curtain, getting changed, heading back inside, taking pictures with people while they wait to head back in to complete, not only this iconic dance, but a show at the highest level, right? They were really committed, right? They had that artist mindset of, yeah, I might do this every night, But this might be the only night you ever see it. So I'm going to make sure you remember this. And we were blown away enough to, again, buy our tickets and head to the show downstairs. And we couldn't have been happier with how it turned out. It was literally smoke and mirrors, (laughs) lights everywhere, um, singing. There was some crowd interaction. It was like one part cruise, two parts like Broadway. It was insane. It was really great. Anything else you had to add?
1: Yeah, I would agree. It definitely blew our expectations away. It was really cool. There was a um, live singer that was uh, kind of narrating as well throughout the experience, and it was really awesome.
0: After our time in uh, La Boca, and then after our time at Café Tortoni, uh, just off of um, what is it, Avenida de Mayo, right? This main street, we decided that we not only wanted to hear about tango, learn a little bit. We didn't just want to go see some tango. But after watching, we wanted to try it. So we started to set ourselves out to try to dance a little bit. Um, And uh, yeah, we found a good spot for that. After a couple texts back home, some friends who had lived in Uruguay and in in Argentina for a little while, we got some great recommendations on a milonga. um, And it was worth it. Milonga that we got recommended was catedral. So la catedral is a milonga, which means kind of a couple things. Number one, it could be like a type of song that's like related to tango. It could also be a location, right? um, That you go to dance a like kind of tango derived local kind of neighborhood version. Um, And it could also be a specific kind of like line dancey version, right? Kind of like this um, argumentative version um, that people base on a few like different like African roots as well as some of its Argentinian roots, as well as this connection to to Europe. So overall, the Milonga, though, for us was this place. Catedral was incredible. Um, I'm going to let Boo take it over here because she had a great time. We danced together quite a bit, and the smile didn't leave her face while we were doing this, which is great for me because I love to dance, um, and I had a blast. So what made this uh, so good for you, Boo?
1: So this dance class was a bit different than the typical dance class that I've taken or was envisioning with uh, numbers, you know, like a one, two, three, hey, you know, situation. <laughs> and um, I'm not very in with the beats and the numbers like Dietrich is. So this class was totally the opposite in terms of that. And. Um, Instead of those things, we had just feeling and listening to the music and moving our bodies um, as we felt like it should be to the music. So it felt uh, a cool situation to kind of have that started uh, with like a simple, like walking in a circle, everyone holding hands, and slowly progress from there. So I really appreciated that, and it made me feel more at ease and comfortable in the class because. I'm not really good with the numbers.
0: Yeah, it was kind of an incredible thing. She really summarized well. One, our teacher was Mm -hmm. non-conventional. He came in kind of with his kind of like beatnik vibe. Uh, He let us know that this wouldn't be our average class, that we'd be focusing more on the theory of Tango and less on like she said that the steps he was like you Mm -hmm. could leave here with steps but he was like you could find that on youtube and i suggest you do so right (laughs) but today what you're going to learn about is the spirit of this dance Mm -hmm. and how you get to that um kind of id that he kept referring to right what is the like being of tango Mm -hmm. what is the like vibe right and we leaned into that for probably the first 20 or 30 minutes and it felt really different and i've taken tons of dance classes because I do think I can move a little bit. I have some natural rhythm, but I don't always know the steps. And I get a little obsessed with that because I love seeing people execute incredibly looking, you know, fancy like maneuvers and salsa, bachata, and even merengue, right? But the reality of our class is that it was based a ton, a ton, a ton more on how we connected with the spirit of the music, right? Mm -hmm. Where we balanced in ourselves, or were we just trying to move to keep up with the music? It was less about a pursuit and more about settling, right? Settling into the rhythm, right? Kind of more of a reclined version. So at the end of the class, I was also very happy with this idea that I've taken something away that I couldn't get by just you know running it on YouTube mm-hmm. um, or just dropping into your average class. Because we even saw the end of the class that was before ours and it was a lot more step here, step there, do this move. Um, and our instructor really leaned into a different vibe. And we appreciated that. And by the end, when we were paired up and when we were moving through the space, he was very encouraging and very present um, and, and pushed us to consider um, coming back. Um, fortunately, we did do this towards the end of our time. So we didn't get to actually visit Cate during one of the open dance times we did walk through some of the facility, and it was beautiful, right? It kind of mm-hmm. really has this kind of bohemian vibe to it, with like different art on display, um, kind of really low lighting, a real eclectic nature to it that just felt just like home, right? Like if we lived there, or if we were there for another extended stay, um, we wouldn't just sign up for the weekly class, but we probably make that a part of our weekly rounds because getting over there. Seems like you would bump into the right kind of people. Um, Tons of foreigners just like us, but also locals who would be willing to vibe with um, people who are passing through. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, if you're there, I would say those are our three tango highlights, right? Make sure you give some time to check out La Boca. right? Understand where tango comes from. See that its roots um, are something that you're aware of. Beyond its roots, understand where you could go and see some tango and also... Mm -hmm. Those are part of the roots too, right? Like the center bits of understanding that are seeing it at its height. And I think Cafe Tortoni really represents what tango has been and has become. And then on the more day-to-day vibe, I think you're going to find great tango community in some of the milongas scattered throughout the city. And my recommendation is the one we went to, which is La Catedral. So maybe something worth visiting. Tango is something definitely you want to connect with. I would say it is not just iconic, but something that is, um, yeah, something you can't miss. You can't miss. Um, imprescindible is the word that comes to mind. Sorry for my monolingual folks out there, but you could look it up. But um, definitely something that you don't want to miss uh, because you'll regret it the whole time, right? Because beyond Messi. He's got those moves because he can probably tango. Just a heads up, right? If you're a soccer player, maybe that's something you need to consider, right? You could just think about it. Just think about it. So, tango is not the only dancing that they do in Argentina. So, while we were in Argentina, we did have a great opportunity to check out some of the club vibes they had as well. Mm -hmm. So, Buenos Aires, huge city. You know, we were like, we got to get out here. We got to, you know, see what the vibe is. So, the vibe check was strong. Uh, We went online, did a little research. uh, Because after, you know, seeing some duds while we were in Europe, we were like, let's take some time, right? Shout out, um, what is it, 36 Follies in, in Porto? Great spot. If you go, you're going to have a great time. That's how we got introduced to Pepas. Either way, we'll, we'll pivot here. So, when we leaned into the dance scene, uh, we thought about a couple spots that came to mind um, from our experience. So, the first spot we checked out was Dorcia. You want to tell the people a little bit about Dorcia? We had a plan uh, we executed that plan and it wasn't bad, but it definitely wasn't the best that Argentina had to offer. What was your experience, blue?
1: Well, we assumed we already had gotten the vibe that everything happened later, which yeah. we already knew, but it happened even later than we thought later was. <laughs> so true. We I don't remember if we took a nap or not, but we were thinking let's get to the club at 130. And we thought, by that time, things will be heated up. Like, we'll see, like, what this club has to offer. So, fast forward to one thirty a.m. And we roll up, and there's really nothing to happen outside. But you never know. It could be bopping inside. So, we get inside after some debacle over cover charges and whatnot. We get that. inside, and literally, crickets. And Dietrich and I looked at each other, and we were so surprised that... Really nothing was happening. There was... It was also interesting because the club was divided into a VIP area <laughs> that was more than half of the club.
0: Yeah. Which, mostly VIP. <laughs> everything else was like bar space, basically. And DJ, like the front of the DJ booth. One DJ booth. There were two DJs. Sorry, Booth. Go ahead. And,
1: and you only could pay for the drinks in cash, which yeah. we didn't have. We or didn't
0: have. Mercado Pago. Um, Which we also didn't have because we don't have a address in South America (laughs) or a bank account over there. And it was like all these random things. But
1: yeah, so we get there. It's all right. I mean, we haven't drank anything. So it's just an interesting club experience. Not even to have a little sip of something in your hand. We're vibing, going to the music and we say, we'll, we'll give it a little bit of time and then all of a sudden, we saw some people bring in these different boxes. Yeah, it was interesting. That kind of gave us Transformers vibes. <laughs> I mean, at least me. Yeah. And we... I was
0: dancing my face off, so I only noticed the last little bit. Because the DJ was still doing his thing, right? It wasn't a ton of people outside of the VIP. There was like three little groups of people. Tons of smoke, tons of beats. So he was sending it up, and we was with him. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. And when he says smoke, there was smoke like the fog smoke and also people smoking inside. True story. Um so we decided we looked at each other and we're like, We'll give this place till four thirty and then we'll see what happens. So at approximately four twenty eight AM, Transformer. Corner came of my out.
0: eye, look out, I'm like Optimus Prime. <laughs> so we're like Everybody pauses. Oh excuse me. <laughs> everybody pauses, we look over and now like you know, people from VIP are joining us plebeians, you know, <laughs> over in the, the free section, right? In the general admission seats. Yeah, in the GA. So they came over to the peanut gallery, were hanging out with us because, you know, that's where the bottles were. He was joining the girls doing bottle service, the whole, whole shebang.
1: Yeah. So that was probably one of the most exciting things of the night yeah. at the club?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, to think about like, oh, I came to the club and it was like, well, I mean, we weren't trying to do nothing crazy anyway, but like that was it right and we were like oh like cool optimus appreciate you prime. bro right prime <laughs> gave us the prime right so uh yeah that was it and it was cool it was it was a sweet sweet it
1: was, vibe it was you know at basic entry level G- yeah I mean, it, entry. it was
0: it was a club Right, it yeah. was a uh, it was a double cheeseburger of a club, right? Yeah, I good. would
1: actually give it single cheeseburger because we didn't pay for drinks.
0: <laughs> okay, that's it. I hear you. She said single cheeseburger, not the meal, no fries, no toppings, just just the cheeseburger, and just like some mustard. Maybe right? just maybe just a patty. <laughs> just a patty and mustard, right? So not a bad club. I think that they have more to offer. We weren't super prepared Uh, outside of our Mm pregame. We didn't really prepare a ton. Thank God we pregame because we weren't able to, like, get drinks inside that time. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, yeah, the vibe was cool. We still had a great time, plenty of floor space because we didn't choose to be in VIP where people sit and don't dance, um, where they watch the people dance, where we were chilling. But Mm -hmm. it wasn't full, and it wasn't as big as I wanted it to be. That was the problem. Um, But Dorsia is definitely something I would check out. And they have a couple other spots, like across town. Mm -hmm. They have Club Africa just in front of the uh, cemetery, right? Um, So go check out some of what they have to offer. And again, make sure you bring your cash. After that experience, we had another weekend uh, where we were pretty excited to slide on another club. So we pulled up on a spot called Nice 2. So we did some more research. I saw a few more clubs. And what I was going for at this point was the biggest clubs most popular clubs and on both of the lists that I saw nice Two popped right on one of them it said it was like an inclusive club and on another one um, it said that it was one of the largest clubs so I put that all together did a little bit more research looked at all their google reviews as well as their pictures and we found out that nice two was one a venue so during the day or during the early evening it hosted concerts in the second half of the evening, when we wanted to go from like one to like seven a.m., they hosted a club. But not just any club. It was a burlesque show. So we didn't really know what that meant before we laid down for our pregame nap, because we did do that, we old, right? So ten or eleven, we lay down till like midnight, pop back up at midnight, do an hour of getting ready as well as getting our you know selves ready with a little wine, right? A little calimochos. Um and then we, we slide, right? We hop into Uber, let's go. So we do our whole ritual of getting ready to go. And then that, we, we see these pictures of this burlesque thing. And we see, number one, there's a theme. So burlesque is kind of these like dancy things with, you know, kind of scantily clad, maybe some tassels, maybe, um, yeah. You you, you look that up on your, you know, incognito Google. You do your thing, right? So, and then, end of the day, we knew it wouldn't be crazy, right? But we also didn't know exactly what it would be. We just knew it would be themed and it would be burlesque, right? So, Mm -hmm. we decided we were going to do it anyway because it seemed like a really solid club. All the reviews said that this was one of the best clubs, so we decided to do it. Um, As we looked at the theme, though, it was Under the Sea, so... Little Mermaid movie came out this summer. I guess they caught that vibe and, you know, put that on to their club. So we were like, okay, cool. Let's do this. It seems like a good spot. We hop in line after getting out of our Uber. Um, Line's long, which is always a good sign, right? You want some place where it's like, all right, they're not just letting any old rando in here, right? They had a cover. And again, for some reason um, at this club, we were ready to pay it, but they weren't able to like slide my card through their system. So eventually the guy was like, you know what? We want y'all to have a good time. Gave us free entry. So shout out to that front door dude. Um, And we slid on inside, you know, went to the bathroom and got back together. And as we came back together, we realized one other detail about Nice 2, both in its name as well as in uh, the overall vibe and clientele. You want to break it in, boo?
1: Well, some some uh, nuggets were dropped along the way. I some, was there
0: were some Easter eggs, some, some Easter some, eggs, some, some crumbs. Right, some we didn't know everything, but we found out soon after arriving.
1: Yeah. So, uh, well, I was waiting in line. Dietrich had to pop around the corner, and um, I noticed, hey, I think there's a drag show going on here too. Burlesque. So I was like, all like. The under the sea vibe, strong costumes, strong makeup, like on theme, check. Heavy. So we're like, all right, like, let's go. We get inside and um, I have to go to the bathroom. So I go to the women's bathroom and I notice I'm the only woman in there. It was just like... A
0: ton of dudes in the women's bathroom dudes. and I, it kind of creeped me out, I ain't going to lie.
1: Um, but, you know, I was Coom able to all. get my stall, close the door, do my biz and then come out. So then we confer- it was confirmed that this was a gay club, but it, she slid right through that. <laughs> huh?
0: She slid right through that. We didn't know it was a gay club that we walked into.
1: No, we did not. We did not know. And but, what was
0: the name of this club? Oh yes, it changes from Nice to which is the venue side. I yeah, think? it we was. We could be getting this mixed, but
1: it we're was new. confirmed when across the stage it said Club Sixty Nine.
0: <laughs> yes. So, we did end up staying, uh, number one, because we got in free. free cover. Right. <laughs> number two, it was freaking awesome. It was huge, right? And then number three, everybody was pretty chill, right? So, I don't know what comes to mind when other people hear gay club. Um, I don't really have a box for that outside of that it will be a lot of people doing their thing, right? Um, and I've never been in a spot that's been explicitly that. Um, And I love that this place markets itself as inclusive because to be real with you, that's how it felt. Obviously, there were a lot of guys doing their thing. Like she said, a lot of guys flowing in and out of the women's bathroom, which for me put me on alert. I was like, okay, should I wait by the door for Audrey, which I did. Um, But aside from that, everyone was dancing in their groups, having a good time and being themselves. And to be real with you. Probably top three club experiences that I've had
1: overall,
0: right? And this wasn't even a multi-level joint, right? I've been to some spots uh, where, you know, you change floors and the music changes and they're, you know, bigger and bigger, right? Obviously, Club Aria kind of takes the cake. Got to go to Vegas to see it. Um, Really good time. Just incredible. But, yeah, going to Nice 2 or also Club 69, I guess. Insane DJ set up. Um, all of the DJs were actually women, I think, that we saw mm-hmm. while they were out there. And then also, you know, the burlesque, draggy, like, kind of, like, cosplay stuff that was happening on stage was wild, right? There's balloons everywhere. There's there were bubbles. There's choreographed foam. Choreographed
1: dances.
0: It was, it was, like.
1: Multiple choreographed dances. It
0: was, like, a mini Broadway up there. It yeah. was another level, right? So, like, it was entertainment beyond, you know whatever comes to mind when you're like oh i'm going to a club right so sometimes you go to a club you're trying to meet people obviously we were just there to have a good time with each other and we did um so Mm -hmm. i'd still recommend it it kind of caught us off guard um, but i'm really glad it did because we probably wouldn't have gone if we would have known all the details and that's a shame because it was pretty inclusive and incredible to go to nice Two club 69. One awesome thing that we got to experience has a lot to do with this box. Opening this box reminds me of Buenos Aires in so many different ways because this was a cornerstone, not only of our souvenirs, but kind of of the vibe that we experienced with people we met from there. So Let's go ahead and see what we got today. Now, as you look at this, this might look like just some cutlery and you're like, well, why? would this remind you of Buenos Aires? Why would you go to another country and buy a knife and a fork? Well, this company here, Arandu, uh, is a company that's pretty popular, recommended by any local we saw, especially when we were there and nearby, uh, looking for souvenirs. Um, This was on our itinerary, as well as uh, something that I think anybody from Buenos Aires with uh, some background in their history would appreciate. Now, it was like polo or Ralph Lauren on steroids. It kind of had a really strong clothing vibe, um, really focused on actual polo. Uh, We didn't bring back any of those suits because I don't know anyone who plays polo and didn't get to see a match, right? But what we did bring back is more than just a knife and a fork. What we brought back were actually some authentic gaucho tools, right? This facon is what it's called, was something that, we kind of latched on to as a couple pairs of really great souvenirs for family uh because of our friend Facundo right so we met this guy while we were there and we went back to the store a couple times because if you know me i like to shop around right i don't like to buy the first thing that i see when i see it i like to know my options weigh my options and then select my options carefully and this one was carefully selected um this Facon again would be worn in a belt by uh, gaucho and it'd be something that they carry along with them along with another larger version um, behind them as a way to you know process food uh maybe a kill um, or even um, just to have their meal so it's a cool way to bring something back that's both functional and useful as well as memorable um, and it kind of blew us away that this itinerary just kept Hitting home runs, going to Arandu and being Facundo and buying these facones and other uh, leather goods that we were able to find there was just like a really stereotypical way of getting connected, um, and not stereotypical in like you know an Instagrammy kind of way, but more of connected to a quintessential experience, right? Really focusing on what Argentina has to offer and connecting even this big city to. Um, this expansive culture that's very diverse beyond the borders of this metropolitan area that we got to know. So it was cool to tap into um, the culture beyond the city and the culture throughout its history through buying just a classic souvenir. Stay tuned for episodes and posts to recap and share slices of our adventures. Subscribe to Curate Curiosity wherever you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at curate.curiosity. And as always, it's going to be a great day. Have a good one. I'm Dietrich Hunter. And this has been Curate Curiosity.